Welcome to this week's Instrument Comics. I'm Alex Ashback. I just heard about that really embarrassing condition that you just got diagnosed with. Everybody's laughing about it. What's the condition? I'll, I'll, I'll set you up. Oh, I don't have a condition. I was just doing a funny joke. And then once again, I give you a softball and you ruin it. And by the way, that's like the third time that we've done that intro. And mm-hmm. Alex just can't seem to nail the landing. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Anyways, uh, how are you, buddy? I'm swell. How about You're yourself? Absolutely swell. Uh, I am doing great. I am working in the weed business. Yesterday was 420. Uh, we had ourselves a good ass time. Yeah, it was a good, I'm sure. Good fun event. Sober the entire time. 100%. I actually was for all of the event stuff. Yeah, and driving because you're a good employee. Yeah, 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 yeah. and a law-abiding citizen. Yep, I would never do anything illegal, Mm-mm. even if my life depended on it. It's true. It's true. Like, if I was Lee Neeson and Taken, I'd be like, well, my daughter's dead. Yep. I yeah. I fully Credit. expect the authorities to handle this matter on their own mm-hmm. without any help from <laughs> me. Yep. Yeah. Even if I had those skills, yeah. I would still just do the same uh, yeah. thing. Yeah. It wouldn't have been two very boring sequels. So just me at home <laughs> just reading books <laughs> in a study. Just just waiting on the cops to do their job. Yep. Although Liam Neeson's aims would be super boring. Yeah. Do we have any news to talk about this week? Um, I, we do. I think we do. We do. Well, like what? Uh, Name one thing. Uh, we've got a actual release date for the Batman. Oh, do we really? What's yeah. the actual release date? Less oh, we than, did. Yeah, yeah. I think. Hold on. Let's see if I can remember it. Was it May the month? Nope. Fuck. It starts with an M and an A. Okay, so Moon. <laughs> no. Close. March. A lovely March weather. We. It is March twenty second of next year. We are getting. The motherfucking Batman and mm. HBO is doing a Jim Gordon spinoff on. Yeah, it's basically they're basically just doing Gotham Central without calling it Gotham Central. Yeah, they're well, they're basically doing Gotham, but if they did it good, yeah, this time I feel like I enjoyed Gotham for what it was, but like it's something that like, I'd really recommend to people to watch. But like so it you, can't be a fun. You show. have to have that caveat though. I enjoyed it for what it was. Sure, you can't just say I enjoyed it. Like no, 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 hold no. on, everybody, I enjoyed no. it for what it was. Yeah. Like and honestly, like I'm. Even though I think I'm going to wrap it up soon, I enjoyed the one season of Pennyworth far more than any season of Gotham. Yeah, that sounds right. Mm-hmm. Bigger budget, better acting. Yeah, I agree. Man. Yeah. Uh, staying in the DC world, uh, The Flash is officially filming. Wow, that does not seem real to me. No, it doesn't seem right. I don't even know. I think it's uh, is it still uh, Andy Machete. The director directing? I think it is. Yeah. Uh, and the only two people that I saw that were uh, confirmed that I knew of on the poster or whatever that they put out was Keaton and Affleck, which is interesting. Oh, well, hopefully Ezra Miller's in it. <laughs> not confirmed. It has not been confirmed yet. Like, guys, okay. <laughs> Day one set meeting, guys, uh, we forgot something big. We <laughs> forgot to sign or cast the Flash. Um, oh, shit. Oops. Mm-hmm. Big uh-oh. We um, can't get Ezra. He's doing Fantastic Beast, Fantastic Beast 5. Still glorious. Yeah, when are those movies coming out? When are those Fantastic... The next Fantastic Beast movie coming out? I think you're the first person to ask that question. R.I.P. Johnny Depp. I know. <laughs> uh, that, I think, is it for my DC news. Okay. But 
Let's move to Netflix news. Okay. Have you heard about Netflix geeked, Alex? No. Do you know what this is? No. Do you know about this? No. Are you familiar with Netflix geeked at all? No. Are you, this whole time you could have been typing in your computer. I could have, but yeah, but no. Right in front of one. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure that we're on the same page and I thought we we're on the same team, but I guess not. Uh, Netflix geeked is a something that is all about their genre films and shows. Uh, but there's little information about it, but you can type in Netflix geeked and see about 50 different, uh, Netflix huh. properties, uh, like, Lock and key, and it's not even necessarily just comic book properties. Yeah, yeah. It's genre stuff. Yeah, genre. Uh, interesting. I know. Yeah, I can't really think. I know Carnival Rose on Amazon, but that would be an example of something. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, The Witcher would be on there. Yeah, the, the Witcher's on uh, there. Stranger Things, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. We get Witcher News. They announced the release date quarter four of this year. Uh, so we're probably getting that as well for Netflix stuff. Yeah, toss a coin to your Netflix, yeah. everybody. Which, I I mean, I, I really enjoyed the first season, but I think like by the time the second season comes out, I'm going to be even more excited just due to the long wait of everything. And because yeah. we still don't, this is still like the closest thing to like feeling like like our Game of Thrones like type niche. That, that's actually quality as well. Oh, for real? Yeah. And supposedly we're getting some big Game of Thrones announcements soon. Yeah, and we, Amazon... The Lord of the Rings show on Amazon announced their budget, which is a ridiculous amount. I honestly dollars. think that we should talk about, and we can talk about this later off air, but I think we should cover the Lord of the Rings thing. Yeah, I imagine we'll probably find some justification for it. Yeah, there's probably yeah. a comic book Deadpool somewhere. made a Frodo Baggins reference uh, in issue 188, counts. panel it 5, page 7. Counts. Uh, speaking of Game of Thrones, let's transition over to Marvel. Uh, we've got a casting announcement: Amelia Clark, yeah, in Secret Invasion. I, in I'm role. excited about that, but I'm more excited by the rumored person or the person that that they're trying to cast in it. Ooh, who? Olivia Coleman. Oh no, she's on. Yeah. Did she sign on officially? Yeah, I okay. Think so. Now yeah, I, I just her need name on that article. Yeah. Uh, Mitchell and Webb, and then we're good. <laughs> so it's a big reunion of that Mitchell and Webb look in no other TV shows. David Mitchell as <laughs> Noel. Uh, Fielding. No, Gallagher. I wish. No. Uh, David Mitchell is Noel. Uh, let's see. Robert Webb can be Carnage. Is uh, he like the first Noel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the, the first song? Noel. Yeah. The uh, first Noel. <laughs> uh, who can Noel Fielding play in the Marvel Universe? I mean, aside from anyone. Uh, oh, man. Jesus Christ. I will, I just want to see him as Jessica Jones. I was going to say She-Hulk, but that's already been cast. <laughs> Hey, if, if you need to recast Jessica Jones, just put no fielding there. Be okay with that. Although his fashion style is a lot better than Jessica Jones. Oh, undoubtedly, he's got the. Although got to the be best fair, I mean movie. Jessica Jones does dress like she's uh, auditioning for an all-female version of a Ramones cover band, which, which I'm okay with as well. Yeah, she kind of looks like Joey. Mm-hmm. I see that, and I don't mean like Joey from Friends. Same has has the same addiction issues as other people in the band. Uh, just like Joey from Friends, yeah. yeah, yeah, just like their friend. He was addicted. He was addicted to sandwiches. <laughs> uh, Doctor Strange Two has officially wrapped filming. Alex, how do you feel? Wow, so Marvel's twelve steps ahead of DC once again. Yeah, I think I think Doctor Strange is like the fifteenth 
Marvel property yeah. from now yeah. and it's already wrapped filming. And Flash is like, okay, we just got Keaton. I We know that we had written 20 pages for him in the script and we're <laughs> shooting now, but we just now got him to agree to it. Yeah, Marvel's like, uh, we just released a trailer. By the way, the next bit of news and the last bit of news is Shang-Chi trailer. I was like, oh yeah, we got this Shang-Chi trailer. We finished wrapping on Doctor Strange and DC's like, yeah. oh, we got Michael Keaton. Yeah, the, and the Shang-Chi trailer came out of nowhere, I feel like, too. I was not expecting it, it at all. It really fucking did. So what do you think? Uh, it looks like the greatest Kung Fu movie of all time. No idea how it's going to factor into Marvel, mm-hmm. but I'm excited to see. Yeah, uh, I'm excited yeah, I as well. got I got reminiscence of uh, Doctor Strange meets Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah. It's uh, Crouching Tiger because some of like the slow motion scenes. Yeah, yeah. And I definitely felt that. like in that trailer that there was one scene where it felt like it was a one shot like they did like in Daredevil for each season. But but in the trailer, it looked like they cut it up as not to like reveal what it's going to be like uh, in the movie. So if we have action, like if we have action that's on par with Daredevil or even recently I've been watching and I finished watching uh, the television show Warrior on HBO Max. The, the the kung fu scenes in that are amazing as well. That's uh, just a shot for shot remake of Airplane, right? Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. It was it was based off Bruce Lee's idea, which originally they just were like, you know what, Bruce, I'm sorry, you're gone. We're going to take your idea. We love it, but we're going to turn it into Airplane. Yeah, yeah. We love the story about a man immigrating from China and San Francisco in the eighteen hundreds. But we're like, what if we cast Leslie Nielsen and put it on an airplane? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be about it. I'd be here for it. I mean, there is a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar connection. Because yeah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was obviously an airplane and an Enter the Dragon. Yep. See? So. We made it work. Also, even though it's not general-related, I recommend a warrior to everyone who's slightly interested in Kung Fu. The story is great and the action scenes are phenomenal. Does anybody ever say warrior come out and play? No, but I am very thankful that the MTV remake of The Warriors never happened. No. It's <laughs> supposed to be a thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Uh, we can count our lucky stars, although we did get a Scream remake on uh, MTV. So. Yeah, I watched all of it. Was it good? No. <laughs> yeah. uh, before we get into today's podcast, I would like Alex to thank our sponsor. Alex, who's our sponsor today? Um, the internet. Oh, yeah. Uh, everybody go to www.internet.com. Uh, that's where you can find uh, anything that you could possibly want from mm-hmm. Nike sneakers uh, made by uh, definitely 100% Americans. Uh, you can also buy Dosey Dose, uh, the Girl Scout cookies on there. Yeah. I think that's where Alex got all his. It's 100% where I got them on, on internet.com. <laughs> Uh, anyway, what are we talking about today, Alex? Invincible, the animated series on Amazon Prime. Yes, we are going to talk about that after we talk about our Falcon and Winter Soldier minute. Oh, no. Okay. 60 seconds. Time starts oh, now. Um, so let's start on episode four. We're going to talk about episode four and five of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, it starts with a moment that really kind of got to me big time. And I just kind of plugged it in. I, I haven't been watching it as they come out like a lot of people have. So I've had a few little minor spoilers. Not anything that's like sure. too big. But there's a moment where right at the beginning, uh, Sam's holding Cap Shield. And you can really feel the emotion. And it really got yeah. to me. Uh, it was something that you, you know, it kind of reminded me of like. I feel like that was at the beginning of episode five whenever he's cleaning off the blood. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah, uh, yeah. You're right. 100%. Yeah. It was episode five. Uh, he's cleaning off the blood. And it really kind of took me back to some. Uh, not even just Marvel, but like more like cinematic things. Like 
things that like have really gotten to me. Like in in game when Scott Lang, you know, finds his uh, daughter, like that just made me fucking ball. Every time I've watched that movie, like that, that moment gets to me or like, uh, you know, just the end of green mile or even, you know, in TV, when Jim says goodbye to uh, Michael in that special way on the office or, in The Simpsons, whenever they go to the tobacco farm and they combine tobacco and tomatoes and make tobacco. It is a... And Ralph William gets addicted to tobacco. Yeah, it is a great moment. Like, uh, it's one of those tearjerkers, like, when you uh, first turn on Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo, and you just cry throughout because it's just so powerful. Or, like, in The Simpsons, when they make the tobacco farm and Ralph William gets addicted <laughs> to tobacco. Oh, is that anything like when the Simpsons go to the uh, tobacco farm? You are so off base here. <laughs> Not even close. Uh, but I do think, and like to your point, I think episode five was probably the strongest episode in the series so far, which I think is great as far as what you want in a series. I think it's it's got a lot of dichotomy. I think it's the strongest and the weakest at the same time. Uh, I can see that. Episode four obviously ended with the most iconic moment in the series with fun. John Walker standing over uh, the guy who idolized Captain America with the bloody shield. I just uh, watched Everybody Wants Some, and it's so tough to believe that that stoner uh, picture yeah, I, is the same guy. I, I've been a big fan of, of Wyatt Russell for a long time. Uh, he's an, an, yeah. a phenomenal actor. Yeah. Lodge 49 is a great show. He's 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 generally great. And yes, he is so different in this than everything that I see him in. Yeah. Yes, he's not, always not, like a fun-loving dude. Yeah, exactly. And now he's got a haircut. And yeah, I and, like and shaved. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And more importantly, shaved. Yeah, because I need, I need my white Russell with like the full beard that he never trims a single moment ever. <laughs> it just lets it just grow wild. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that moment... Uh, was I think obviously the most like iconic moment, and like that's the moment that will be used like every internet article and people talk about like American I- I- exceptionalism. Like they will use that image of John and the Captain America, uh, red and white and blues, holding the bloody shield. But I do think to your point, the most powerful moment was Sam trying to watch to clean the shield and wash away the blood, knowing that like you can't just like wash away like. You, you, you may be able to clean the shield, but you can't get rid of what the, it's done and the pain that it's caused. Yeah, as a Captain America. <laughs> and that was one of the great moments. And then this moment also, or this episode, episode five, had a way more impactful moment. Yeah. Later on when Sam talked to the actual first super soldier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When he, oh my God, I can't believe his name is escaping me right now. That's going to drive me crazy. William Bradley. Uh, but yeah, and how he didn't want the shield because the shield didn't do anything for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the country didn't do anything for him, yep. which I thought was great. Like, I, I don't think most people expected Falcon and Soldier to touch on the issues that it did. Well, I think we probably expected that there would be some issues with people having with there being a black Captain America, which I think is what we're leading to. But I don't think people saw the path at the shows would take to get us there. No, and why it's also not necessarily um, the best thing uh, for him to yeah. be Captain America, and and why yeah. it would be so tough. I did love. Represents. I loved all of Sam and Bucky's bonding moments, both like when they were throwing the shield around, Doing both the when they were stuff. working on the boat. I thought that was all great. There's a bunch. Yeah. There's a bunch of quieter moments in episode five that I really appreciated. You know, it really reminded me, and this is kind of funny that it, I'm thinking of it like this, but it, it really reminded me of Top Gun. Mm-hmm. A lot like of like the buddy moments. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And <laughs> it's just like two dudes working out, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah it's, basically, <laughs> it's basically just like the sequel to Step Brothers. <laughs> That's that is. I mean, it's the unauthorized sequel. But, I'm not trying to say it's authorized, but yeah. I mean, we got. 
the big moment with Julia Louis Dreyfus appearing. Oh, yeah, uh, Contessa Valentina yeah. Allegra de Fontaine. Who has, she's been a part of many roles. She's been a part of Shield. She's been a part of AIM at one she point. She was in Vice. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Seinfeld. She, I imagine she's going to be Madame Hydra and a part of Hydra. Uh, uh, yeah, in a show. the way that she was yeah. talking to John. Yeah. 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 That, that's what I pictured. Uh, so yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was a wonderful surprise because I had no idea she was in the show. I didn't expect that at all. No. I, um, so I, I was very lucky in the fact that I knew that there was a new character. Uh, and I'm so happy nobody spoiled it for me because I, I, I watched it five days after it came out. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, I watched it this lucky. afternoon. Do you think they're going to be able to wrap everything up? Uh, in for one episode more six. episode? No. Uh, yeah. Not well. I think it's going to, I mean, I think they've already said that there's a possibility for a season two. Yeah. And I think there's going to be a big ass cliffhanger. That's what I don't, I, I think they will wrap it up in season one, but I do think there'll be a post credit scene leading something else. Because, like, with WandaVision, we knew where Wanda was headed after the show ended. We knew she was going to be in Doctor Strange 2. Yeah. We don't know what's happening with Bucky and Sam after this. So I do think that there will be a season two of Falcon or Soldier, and I hope there is. Uh, while WandaVision felt complete in its storytelling, I, I, I would take six more episodes of Bucky and Sam uh, palling around, taking down Hydra or whatever their mission is. Yeah, I mean, I, I fully agree. I really loved getting to see, at the end of episode four, uh, we got to see the Wakandan warriors yeah. come through. The door melange. Yeah, oh my god, was it ever fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, I, I wasn't expecting that. And then watching them escort Baron Zemo in after the end. I love that, like, Zemo seems to have a respect for Bucky as well. For Zemo's entire life mission is hating super soldiers. But he seems to respect Bucky on a level he didn't respect the other super soldiers. He seems to respect a lot of people with power. Um, the, how, how do you say it? The Dormelage? Dormelage, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he seems to respect yeah. the shit out of them and yeah. just goes without... Being to be handcuffed goes along quietly yeah. with them. Yeah, I mean, because I think Zemo isn't like a villain that's full of like unbridled rage. He is very controlled in what he does and his actions. Yeah, uh, he never left John or not John. He never left Bucky or Sam because he knew it wasn't the time. And when it was the time, and that's it's like if Hannibal was a lot more chill. We're talking about Hannibal Burst. <laughs> yeah, Hannibal Burris is way too excited. <laughs> That's uh, everybody says that about Hannibal Burris. If they have to recast He's Falcon at any point, please recast Falcon as, as with Sam Hannibal Wilson. Oh, <laughs> whack. <laughs> uh, can yeah? Can we get a Falcon Winter Soldier remake with Eric Andre? Andre yeah. Eric Andre as <laughs> the Winter Soldier. Burris. Yeah. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I would love to see Hannibal doing the training montage that uh, that Sam did. Holy shit! Uh, somebody Marvel needs to get these guys on on board. It's amazing that Marvel Souls and hired us. Okay, you know who'd have been speaking of uh, what we're about to talk about? Invincible, mm-hmm. the uh, clone pair. Mm-hmm. I can't remember their names for the life of me. Uh, I would love to see Hannibal and Eric Andre be the voices of those two guys. The Mahler twins. The Mahler yeah. twins. Thank yeah, you. I think that'd be great. Anyways. So, we're talking about Invincible. Mm. Talking about the first six episodes. Ooh. Also, spoilers for Falcon and Warner Soldiers, episode four and five. Um, <laughs> but spoilers for episodes of one through six of Invincible. Yeah. Uh, the episode seven will air the day this comes out. Episode eight will come out the following week, which is the last episode of the first season. It's only an eight-episode first season. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. We were looking forward to this one when it first announced. We were both massive fans of the comic book. 
that's probably my favorite work that Robert Kirkman has done. And I, I like The Walking Dead a lot. Uh, I've read all of Outcast, all of Oblivion Song, uh, all of Die, 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 and um, even Firepower. Like, I, I've read mo- most stuff he's put out. I think Invincible is still my favorite. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, it's 100% my favorite Kirkman work as well. Um, he's got a lot of great stuff other than The Walking Dead and Invincible. I highly recommend you check it all out. Like Alex just named off, rattled off all that stuff. Check every single one of those things out. It's all great. There are very few comic book art, uh, writers that can do that. I wish he would foray into Marvel and DC and do some. Yeah, he's done. Mode. Yeah, he's done Marvel Zombies for Marvel. Uh, I don't count that. I don't but know yeah, one shots in a three issue miniseries. Yeah. Is a, he's just so rich. He, he doesn't need any of that. He, he could not need it less. <laughs> but but let's go ahead and, and start with the cast. Uh, okay. You've got it's a great Steven, cast. Steven Yun uh, as the invincible character. Yeah. Uh, Mark Grayson. Yeah. J.K. Simmons as his dad. Sandra O oh as his mom. Uh, Zazie Beetz as Amber, the girlfriend. Who in the comics was white uh, and they made her black for the show. Yeah. And I have absolutely no problem with that whatsoever. Yeah. Why would yeah. you? You racist. Yeah. Uh, you've got uh, Walker, Walter. Uh, Walton, Walton, Walton Goggins, yeah. who I absolutely love. It, it took me five years to realize that I think it was actually Walton. Yeah, I, I get it wrong every fucking time. But he's a phenomenal actor. He plays Cecil, the head of like their shield. Uh, CIA type thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you've got uh, Gillian Jacobs, Jacobs as Adam Eve, mm-hmm. who is the, uh, spoiler alert, going to be the love interest of Mark Grayson. Uh, but I think we're already kind of headed there a little bit. you got Andrew Randall's uh, absolutely hysterical comedian, Zachary Quinto. Uh, my favorite Jason Manzukis. He's great as Rexplode. Uh, yes, I hope Rexplode stays around a long time. Uh, geez, Mark Hamill's in it. Uh, Seth Rogen's in it. Seth Rogen plays Ali, Alan Alien, who will have Nicole a bigger Byer, part in the series. Uh, Cohen. You have uh, Marshall Ali plays Titan. Jimon uh, Hansu, Ezra Miller. Who's that? Who does Ezra Justin Miller play? Roiland. Ezra Miller's D.A. Sinclair. Okay. Reginald Vell Johnson's in it. Mae Whitman's in it. Like, okay. That is the most stacked cast of funny well, people. Well, and Marshall Lee plays Titan, uh, who I thought was really well done for his episode. It's the best storyline of the, yeah, the whole Yeah, where he's this guy working for this Hands villain. Down. He's like this art. The best actor who contributes to the uh, acting in the best way possible. Chuck. He, uh, uh, he eventually gets invisible attention to team up with him. And, uh, but he ends up tricking this as well for the last episode, major spoiler, but ends up tricking him and the team and basically takes over as the boss role while leaving Mark in a near death situation. That's episode five, not six, but yeah. Well, anyways, let's jump back to the start. Invincible. Well, we're hoping for saying Mahershala Lee is like jumping in the comic book world. Obviously he's going to be playing Blade, but he played Cottonmouth in Luke Cage as well. And now he's in this. So he has got his comic con. Appearance fees just up uh, all the time. Yeah, you're going to pay at least $43 for a photo and an autograph from Herschel Ali going forward. Yes, which is just well-deserved. Yeah. Uh, I hope he charges as much as Ben Affleck charges, however much that was. Uh, Ben Affleck can't charge enough. I feel like, was he at the Dallas Comic Con that we went to? Yes. And nobody ever saw him because he was like hiding behind. Yeah, him, Momoa, uh... And there were a few others who you had to like 
you had to like walk back to like where they were. I think Charlie Cox was one as well, but you, we saw him on stage, but there was someone else. I thought it was kind of weird that they were back there. Uh, Val Kilmer's one back there. Uh, but Val's yeah. got the voice stuff going on, so it's kind of hard for him to speak, at least back then it was. Uh, What's the voice stuff that Val Kilmer had? He, he had throat cancer. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm glad I asked that in a respectful manner yeah, now. Good for you. <laughs> I can't remember the actor's name, though. I love the actor, but the guy from The Princess Bride. Carrie uh, Hughes? Yes. Yeah, he was also back there as well, too, which I thought was kind of interesting. Fucking bizarre, man. Yeah. Whatever. I saw, I, yeah. saw, I saw Ryan Reynolds at like, New York Comic Con. I mean, like, like I get, like, Affleck and Momoa, like, being back there, because like, I cannot imagine them, like, just, like, walking through the horde of the crowd just to, like, get to their autograph booth at I mean, all. That, that, that now makes me mad retroactively, because at New York Comic Con in 2019, yeah. I saw trailers, advanced trailers and screening moments for the upcoming Ryan Reynolds film, yeah. something with Guy, whatever. Fall guy. Fall guy. It still's not come out yet. Uh still's not come out. I saw uh promos and trailers for Kingsman. Yeah. Still's not come out. Yeah. Um So you so you Kingsman. cursed us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, that's what it is. Yeah. I saw all the cool stuff and now nobody gets to ever experience it. Real quick, I before we while we're on voice cast before we jump back. Uh Machine Head in episode five uh and six. Uh the guy that Titan was working for Mahershal Ali. Mm-hmm. He was voiced by Jeffrey Donovan. Uh, but I think he would have been so much better if he was voiced by John Glasser. <laughs> oh, John Hamm's in it too, by the yeah. way. Yeah, uh, Steve. Yeah. Jesus, there's so many people. That's what it is. Yeah, it is. It's probably the most stacked voice cast uh, of any show through uh, through six episodes. Jeffrey Donovan. Uh, why do you bring Jeffrey Donovan in it? He is not. I like Jeffrey Donovan. I, I think he's good. I like him. I man. don't even write. I like. Well, someone hasn't watched all of seven episodes, all seven seasons of Burn Notice, like I have. No, I absolutely yeah. have not yeah. watched seven seasons of Burn Notice. <laughs> Why would I do that? Or you didn't watch two seasons of Shut Eye and Hulu. Correct. Also. Yeah. Anyways, um, I'm going to try and give only spoilers for the Invincible television show, not and the comic, not yeah. the comic book, as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I think the animation did a great job. So of, volume twenty five, <laughs> I think the animation did a great job of mirroring the, the style in the comics. Oh, Ryan Ollie's style is. Yeah, uh, he, I know he didn't start doing the Corey art. Walker. Thank you. And then Ryan Ollie took yeah. it over and really made it his own. Yeah, and I timed. I think for me a little. It took me a little while to get into the show for that for the animation just for that reason because it felt a little stilted. Probably just because like in my mind's eye, like I was seeing still images of the comic. Because the show replicates it so well, uh, it does. They did make Mark look a little bit more naturally Asian. I felt like, but I thought that was fine because he was half Asian in the comic with his mom, and he's played by an Asian actor. So I thought that was a smart choice on their part. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know why you're so focused on race, Alex. Because <laughs> I'm a because I'm a critical race theorist. Oh, got you. That's actually not true. That is not what my theory work is in my research. That's not uh, true, but that's okay. I strictly research. Streaming services, superhero stuff, and punk rock. I know that this is like our 19th aside, but didn't you just get into like some doctoral program? Uh-huh. Uh, congratulations. I'm happy. Thank you. you. Uh, everybody on the podcast is at least 5% happier now having heard that. Well, they will not be happy with my dissertation. Your time's over now, Alex. Is uh, let's get back to the show. Why ska matters. Your time's over. Let's get back to the show. Your Colon. Over, Alex. Let's get let's get back. Your time's over. Let's get back to the show. <laughs> That's a great title, I think. It's <laughs> a really good title. Uh, I thought the first episode was, for the most part, kind of boring. 
Yeah, kind of but and I think for us, it's because like we knew where everything was headed. Yep. Like, but I remember when I when I first read the comic, that scene where Mark is taking out the trash and he accidentally throws the trash bag like into like space. You know, like I love that moment in the comic, and so I wonder people who watched the show like still like got that same joy uh, that like I did when I saw that panel for the first time. It is a great moment. Uh, I'm glad they kept it in the show as well too. Yeah, and it's it's one of those cool things that I think we're gonna get a lot of callbacks to specific panels. Kind of like if you're if you're thinking about like iconic panels that you want to see, like in Justice League, everybody Mm -hmm. wanted the Frank Miller Dark Knight moment with the lightning and everything. Yeah. We got a really cool superhero moment in Invincible with that. Yeah. We actually got to see something really fucking cool like that. We got to see the uh, the beginning of something, which yes. is really neat. Uh, and then at the end of episode one, we get the best moment ever, and we see the end of a lot of things. Yes. Uh, and this show does something that I think is interesting. Uh, anytime we hear the main character say Invincible, at least for the first time in the episode, it pops up with a with a title card, so we don't we don't actually hear the person say the word invincible. Yeah. Sometimes that happens five minutes in. Sometimes that happens thirty five minutes in. In uh, first episode, it happens like thirty five minutes. Yes, in. and but it's played so effectively there too, it really because there's such there's a shift in tone immediately after that happened, and it's the same thing in the comic as well. Like whenever like you realize like oh this is something different in the comic. The shit has hit the fan. Yeah. In the episode one where we get the yeah. title card. Uh, and essentially, I mean, the big moment is, is that Mark's dad is Omni-Man, who's like that world Superman. He's the greatest superhero of all time. There's the yeah. Guardians of the Globe, who are like a de facto Justice League type, but yeah. Omni-Man's not a part of them, but he helps them sometimes. But anyways, uh... Yeah, he's like, if Superman was like, hey, Justice League, you're cool and all, yeah. I'm gonna do my own thing. Yeah. I'll come and help out if you need me. But the Guardians, uh, all arrive to, because they get a stress signal, and it's a trap by Omni-Man, and he brutally murders all of them. And just like the comic, like there's nothing, there's no violence or anything leading up to it until that moment in the comic and this moment in the show, which I think is so effective, and I'm glad they kept it. It was written a little bit differently, but it was still incredibly well done. I mean, I think that that mirrors what a real-life scenario would be for, you know, superheroes mm-hmm. who are, you know, just dudes. Like these, you know, you're not necessarily having well, we have, fucking justice. We have if our. It's realistic. Yeah. You've got an actual, hey, I live in my own home. I've got a secret yeah. identity thing. That's what it is. Yeah. And then you go from an everyday normal life, flip yeah. the switch, and then it's just brutal. Yeah. It was, it, it was great. And like, I don't know. It's just something that I'm, I was a little worried at first that like we weren't going we're, we're to get the brutality of it. But we 100% did. Did we ever? Uh, brains exploding, entrails mm-hmm. coming out. Yeah. Uh, faces squished. Just yeah. the most gory, horrific stuff. Things that you should definitely be watching with your five and six year olds and letting them know the horrifics of yeah. superhero battle. I actually feel bad for anyone that uh, was watching it like, with their family or like younger kids and not realizing like what the show is going to be at oh, that it's moment. It's a superhero show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because at first, you don't really know it yes yeah, an animated su- superhero show yeah, yeah you might think it's like uh pg-13 yeah i mean a lot of the story is like a coming of age story for like mark and like high school uh and like problems with girls stuff like that like we do get all that stuff in the show but we do um the show is just something else and like it very much it still follows like a typical like coming of age superhero type storyline uh but it's those moments where i think it really shines yeah, I, the one complaint that I have is I think the episodes are too long. I think 45 minutes for an 
animated television show. Yeah, I, I think I would have liked 30 minutes, 10 episodes instead of 40 minutes, 8, personally. Yeah, spread it out. Yeah. Cut, you know, 10 minutes of, of what you've got off the top. Yeah. Make an extra episode uh, out of it. Yep, I agree. I think uh, Zachary Quinto is also great as a robot. Uh, Zachary Quinto does an amazing job as a robot. He does that dry, but with like a hint of like potential menace behind it so well. Yeah. Um, well, I think everybody has now realized that there's probably more than just potential menace. Yeah. I mean, there's really, I think, with the show, aside from, like, Mark himself, there's more to be to the eye about all the heroes uh, that we see on here. Except for Rex. Rex is pretty surface level. Yeah, it's all, what you see is what you get with yeah. Rex explode. Um, I'm just very happy that Jason Manzoukas has got him a role in a comic book. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah. Or show. Very happy. I yeah. know that that man loves that shit. And I still wonder if the Invincible live action movie is happening. I don't know if it is or not. Oh, God. Was that a thing? Yeah, I think Cass Martin was actually doing it as well, too. Seth and uh, Evan Goldberg. I bet that that's gone. I bet there's no way that that's yeah. happening. Now that Amazon's got this property. It's a thing is that, like, I don't need that unless this gets canceled after season one. And if it does, they'll take a movie. Yeah. What's the What's the minimum number of seasons that you'd be okay with? That's a good question. I think this book ran for 25 volumes. 25. Yep. I think you could do maybe at a minimum four seasons, probably six. I think. Do it right. Yeah. yeah I, I think six would be a good number. The The book does drag a bit um, at times, but it's not like it's a, an unenjoyable thing. Like you, yeah. you can tell that he's just enjoying his time in this world. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I think Robert Kirkman wrote, or at least was a showrunner. Not necessarily sure, but like wrote most of the scripts for this first season as well. Really? Yeah. Good. Or at least oversaw them. Maybe to realize, but I think episode one, he does get writing credit on there. Fuck yeah. Um, Makes me happy that he's still involved with it on some capacity. Yeah, I don't want to go by like an episode by episode basis because like we've read the comics. So like we've seen all these beats for the storyline yeah, sure. already. What moment made you happiest seeing that, that, that you remember from the comics? Oh, that I remember from the comics? Man, that, that turn in episode one. And I, I, I want to talk about a lot more than just this with the episode. But if I'm being true and honest, that is my favorite moment. Is when the uh, the switch flips and yeah. you, for the first time, are like, oh, this is the world that I'm yeah. actually in. Omni-Man is an evil villain who is actually here. I don't think we address this. Yeah. To take over the world. Uh, that is his goal here. Is he is an evil alien meant to take over the world and jk simmons is fantastic as omni man yeah uh the one character i can't remember the character's name but it's a demon detective who's obviously an homage or a parody to uh etrigan uh etrigan even though he etrigan not a detective uh i love that character as well voiced by clancy brown a longtime actor uh i thought he was great i think my favorite moment was whenever he fights alan the alien for the first time Oh, uh, Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. But yeah. like when he does like, oh, I'm here. Your planet called me to protect. And it's Earth, but it's not Earth. But yeah, yeah. it was a you. Yeah. Yeah. That is a great uh, callback to the comics. Mm-hmm. And we do. And this is a spoiler. I'm totally happy giving you Alan the alien we see a lot. Yeah. I'm happy that again to see somebody who loves comic books. So yes. In Seth Rogen. Yeah. Get a recurring role. Yeah. In a comic book property. Yeah. Is there any any comic book people that like or like comic book people in Hollywood and missing that, that should have roles in this? 
I guarantee you there's there's dozen Paul Shear. Paul Shear, Scott Ackerman. Scott Ackerman. Uh Kevin Smith, obviously, as well too. Yeah, who's uh, friends with Robert Kirkman, I think. Uh Paul F. Tompkins to a lesser degree. Yeah. Yeah. Just throw them in something. I mean, there's still okay. a thousand characters coming in Invincible anyway, so there's still a ton more voice roles. We're gonna get we're gonna get a lot more. And I know that we're not really even thinking hard remotely of these characters. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more. Uh so I'm obviously then I'm assuming you Sorry, want actors that you want a season two. Oh yeah, of course. I I I am of the same vein you are. I honestly think we probably need about five seasons minimum to tell the story. I don't want to get into spoilers with it. I don't want to, you know, get yeah. ahead of things four seasons from from now. I mean, you could read the comic books. I could be that dick and, and spoil shit. I'm not going to do that. Uh, but I will say I love watching just this ultra-violence, this insane brutality and gore in the way that it's got an insane dichotomy of just real life. And I think that's what really brings everything together is you have all these human elements You've got Mark trying to juggle uh, having a girlfriend for the first time, being a you know junior senior in high school to where you're finally able to uh, get with girls and have them interested in you and shit. Like I remember that time. I know exactly what that's like. Because that's- all your because you all your friends told you about it, right? Yeah. Boom! I- roasted. Yeah, I I listened to this the is- guys. Next Welcome to the episode, course. the roast of Matt Golden. <laughs> Oh my god, uh, yeah, fucking roast the shit out of me, Alex. Please. Okay, uh, I see you're wearing a Marlin shirt. Did you know that they haven't won very many games so far this season? Boom, roasted. I am wearing mm-hmm. a Marlins two button majestic mm-hmm. uh, baseball shirt with a Richmond Virginians baseball cap. Yeah, uh, you could have clocked me on wearing two different baseball things while wearing uh, toy machine skate socks. I would but never just, be that mean. <laughs> You just that, to that is a line I won't cross. Vintage Marlins uh, baseball shirt, which is fine. This is a family show. Could you please just watch the vulgarity and just the crudeness and just the depth of depravity? We are a good Christian podcast. Suck my hairy knobcock. I don't understand half of those words. Get out of here and lick my belly. I think you're going to do like a Joey from uh, Friends. Like a cut it out. <laughs> not joey from friends um full house alex you're being a real cunt uh you just did the auntie donna the one time they got to use the word yep but uncle was it uncle joey on full house jesse jesse okay uncle no joey. but no but who's the dave coulier who did he play he's joey he's joey. joey okay okay <laughs> i had a joey and a jesse Bam. yep <laughs> yeah they really like the yeah. j names yeah apparently so uh okay so, there's two episodes left. Are you going to keep? Are you going to watch the last two uh, episodes? Undoubtedly, okay. I'll be. I can't wait for Friday. Uh, I'm off of work Friday. I will be watching both Falcon Winter Soldier and yeah, what Invincible. What a, a brief time for every Friday we had New Invincible and Falcon Winter Soldier. A brief time it was four weeks. I know, and then actually that's not true because Invincible debuted with like three. Three, yeah. Uh, but and then pretty soon after that. We're just going to go down to uh, nothing, nothing but sadness. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. What's what's next on our dock? Actually, before we do, what do you rate Invincibles? Season one. Uh, so far, it's like a, it's a good eight. 
Yeah, I'm actually 100% right there with you. I'm also at an 8 as well. Uh, I think I think the show is great. The biggest flaws, I think, that I, too, prefer would be half hour uh, over 40 plus minutes. And for mine specifically, this might just be an issue with my setup. But the audio mixing was a little bit off between the battle scenes and the dialogue. The battle scenes were mixed a lot more heavily, uh, at least through my sound system, which got a little annoying. Uh, but that could just be an issue on my end. Uh, is Christopher Nolan running your sound here? <laughs> is that what's happening? Yeah, I actually had him be like, can you please just make sure I love not being able to hear the dialogue in Tenet uh, and then having my eardrums bleed anytime someone fired a gun. So please do exactly that. And he's like, I've got you. Yeah, I like how he's like, all right, we're going to make it hyper-realistic and every gunshot sounds 50 million times louder than a voice. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's that's the way real life works. I've actually never heard a voice. I've only heard gunshots. Yeah, it's like uh, the everybody that's talking to you is uh, three feet in front of you and every gun is three feet in front of you. Anyways, next week we are going to, or next episode, we're going to go back to a place we haven't been to in a long, long time. We're going back to Disney+. Uh, and we're watching Star Wars, The Bad Batch, the animated series, which is the spinoff series from Star Wars, the Clone Wars animated series. And I believe Dave Filion, Dave Filioni? Dave Filoni? Yes. Dave Coulier? Uh I wish. Uh, is also the showrunner for this as well. So I'm excited. I, I would piss my pants if Dave Coulier was the fucking showrunner. It has always your emails to henchmanacomics at gmail.com. What are we doing next week? I just said. The Bad sure? Batch. Are you sure? Uh, Wait, look at the schedule. Are you sure it's The Bad Batch? Yes. Alex. No. Am I wrong? No. <laughs> oh, my God. Fourth I'm on a cashback. <laughs> uh, lip up, fatty. Henshin ain't easy. Thank you.